Test one, two, mic check. Testing one, two, three. This is the regular pastor podcast. My name is Landon Coleman. I am the preaching pastor at Emmanuel Baptist Church in Odessa, Texas. Today I am joined by Corey Spear and Hunter Sigler to talk about something that, uh, I don't know, might be debatable. We might disagree. Other people might disagree with us. Uh, but glad to, to have you guys here today. Anything you want to throw out there before we start? Bro, no nicknames? No nicknames? I must have moved up in the world or something. Uh, I mean... There's a lot of podcasts left. We might bring something up later. You do have a lot of nicknames, and there's a lot of show left, and something's going to come up. Something will definitely come up. Something's going to come up. Today we're going to talk about, for the listening enjoyment of both of my listeners, when should a person leave their church? We're not talking about when should a pastor leave or a staff member. That would be a a different discussion. And we're not even going to talk about how you should leave, like the process, things you should do, things you should not do. What I want us to talk about is when is it okay for a church member to leave their church? I'm not really thinking about when they move. That's obvious. I'm really thinking about Things that might happen or conditions that might come up within a church that would give a church member a legitimate reason to leave and try to spell some of those out. And I just, I'll start with this. I think there's kind of two extremes that I see people go to. One extreme would just be the popular um, sort of person on the street who church hops all the time. And they come and they go and they're here today and they're gone tomorrow and they do it for the dumbest reasons and it's not good for the church and it's not healthy for their spiritual growth. (coughs) So that's one issue. The other issue is I hear a lot of, um, of, let's just say, reformed-leaning guys suggest that you should never leave your church, Hmm. that you almost have no good reason to go. You should stay. You should be reconciled. And the way this usually comes up is when someone actually leaves and a pastor expects another pastor in town to send those people back. Like, don't welcome them into membership. Mm. They need to come back and be reconciled to us. And I've had that happen at every church that I've pastored uh, in Kentucky, at a rural church, in Oklahoma, at a, a small town. First Baptist Church, and here in Odessa, uh, in a larger town, we've had people come join our church, and I've had other pastors, the pastors of the churches where these people left, contact me and say, hey, they really need to come back. (laughs) They should not join. Don't accept them into membership, or you need to have a conversation with them. And that makes me a little bit uneasy, and I'm all for reconciliation, and I'm not for church hopping, uh, but I, 
I want us to just talk through, think through, and again, we may disagree amongst ourselves. Uh, when is it okay for a church member to leave their church and to go somewhere else? The issue here is you, you've got to back up to choosing a church. And hopefully people are, when they're choosing a church, are looking at more than entertainment value and um, preaching style and music style and, and, and things of that nature, but they're, they're going beyond that to look at the doctrine and the theology of the church so that they are picking a church where they will stay because I think that there's there's a lot of value in staying at a church. So you're talking through about thick and through thin. You're talking and, about mindset going in. Yes. Saying your mindset needs to be to stay. Yes. Your your mindset needs to be to commit and to be part of this body. I I would agree with that. And I think that's a corrective towards the people who hop around, jump around, won't stay in one place, get their feelers hurt over silly stuff, that kind of stuff. Yeah. So I'd agree but with that. But it's amazing how much a church can change. Mm-hmm. over uh, yeah, a change certainly. of leadership, a change of worship, a change of uh, direction, and it's amazing how much a church can change. So in that, I think you need to take that into perspective when you when you think about that as well. Hunter, give us a reason. What's a good reason to leave your church? Well, I think certainly, as I said, you've got to study the doctrine of the church before you join. But hopefully church members in their lives outside of church are pushing themselves to grow spiritually and doctrinally and theologically. Okay. And I think if in that process you come to an understanding of scripture and doctrine um, that you did not have previously, that you think conflicts with the teaching of the church that you're in, and you don't see that church leadership changing course to correct that issue, I think certainly that's that's a valid reason to find a new church. No, I think that's a good one. That was on my list. And I'll just I'll let you comment on this, Corey, if you want to. But let me just tell you two examples of that. We had a family recently join our church. They came from another church in the area. They were faithful members there, involved, connected, uh, served. And they realized the things we're trying to do in our own home on a discipleship level are not being matched at our church. They didn't expect the church to do it all for them, but they did expect the church to come alongside them. And when they realized that wasn't happening, and you you brought this up, when they realized it was not going to happen, hmm. that that lack was intentional in the strategy of the church they were at, they said, now it's time for us to go. Another example of that I think of is a a good friend of mine who grew up a Latter-day Saint, and he left the the Latter-day Saint church, left the Mormon church. He bounced around to a couple of churches and landed in a non-denominational church for a couple of years, and it was very shallow. It was very entertainment-driven. There was not a lot of doctrine, and for him, he would tell you that was a safe place to land coming out. Mm-hmm. I was hearing true teaching, wasn't hearing false doctrine, but I really wasn't growing at all. And he said his story would be, you know, that was okay for a while, but at some point I realized, okay, I need more than this. Mm. This was an okay place to come, to be, but I'm not going to grow here. And then he moved on to a, 
a different church. So any thoughts about that? No, right on the nail. I mean, y'all hit the nail on the head there. I mean, weak teaching, you can't you can't stay at a church like that. So There you go. There you go. All right, give us one off your list. Uh, I have relationship conflict. Uh, if there's a problem in the church, if you have a, an issue with someone in the church, and uh, yes, I say you try to mend that relationship, but if it's something that's not going to be mendable. Uh, I know we've had several uh, happen happenings in churches that I've been part of and uh, when a, a couple maybe get divorced and someone obviously uh, feels like they need to go or yeah. s- different situations. And I think when that happens, it's probably best for you to find a different place to, to worship. And we would say we don't want you to get divorced. We right. want you to work it out. But if that's what it comes to, we still want both of you to go to church. Right. You still need to be in church. And that's going to be very difficult for you both to be in the same church, right? especially if we're, we're talking in the context of sort of regular pastors, regular-sized churches. That's just – that's challenging. I will say that was on my list, and I will also say I have seen it happen where there were issues – on a marital level, they did get resolved, and everyone did stay in the church. Yeah. And it was awkward, <laughs> but it was okay. And over time, it got less awkward. And in the end, it was a testament to grace and forgiveness and restoration right. and and moving on and, and pursuing unity in the church. So I, w- I have that on my list. I would say it's not necessarily a situation where you have to leave. But sometimes it may just be best to do that. What would you say if someone came to our church, they said, I got in a tiff with someone at such and such church across town, and I can't go there anymore, so I'm looking for a new church. And maybe even the pastor of that church said, hey, we want to reconcile with that person. As a pastor, what what do you do? How do you step into that and try to mediate and... Well, I definitely think you should go to that person and you should tell them, you know, it, it is best to make amends. I mean, the um, Bible is very clear on we should not let the sun go down on an argument and that we should try to make amends. But I know that there are some situations where that's just not going to happen. Uh, there, there's not going to be a resolution. So and if there has been an attempt and maybe one party wants that and one party does not, mm. uh, then I think you... Uh, I mean, move on, move on. Yeah, it's time to move on and, and get involved in another. I think church. sometimes too, there can be forgiveness. That doesn't mean you just forget everything that happened, or Correct. that the hurt or the pain of that conflict just disappears. And sometimes maybe there's forgiveness, and the the relationship is mended on a personal level. But maybe you still need to go because that's just going to be an open wound. Um, I mean, we could get very specific on what sort of situations that might be, and we could get graphic about some things that that might be included in that. But sometimes it may just be best to move on. So, okay, what else? I got a lot more on my list. I know you guys do too. Hubcap, what you got on your list? (laughs) There it is. (laughs) Um, This is one that I wanted to to ask y'all. What about church discipline? If a church is lacking church discipline is that a good reason to for a member to leave 
and find a church that is good at handling church discipline. I mean, if you look at a lot of churches today, I think very few churches mm-hmm. have solid church discipline. I think, how, about you, how do you like this answer? I think it depends. <laughs> I think that's a good answer. I think it depends on, in some cases, yes. I'll give you a, a specific example. Um, there was a church in Frankfurt where I was uh, a pastor for the first time. Their pastor moved, transitioned from relative orthodoxy to full-out heresy. And I'm I'm not talking about small things. I'm talking about denying the deity of Christ, denying the virgin birth, denying the necessity of the atonement, denying the exclusivity of the gospel. I mean, right down the list, all the major things. And that church refused to do anything. There were a lot of people upset, but they refused to take any action. That pastor should have been disciplined, Mm. and he wasn't. And obviously that's an issue of false teaching mixed into this discussion. But there were people who left the church. Yes, they were upset about the doctrine, but they left, some of them, I know, they left because the rest of the church refused to do anything. They just refused to take action on it. And they said... We would be committed if we could see progress being made, but they're not willing to even go down the road of discipline at all. And I think that brings me to my second qualification on your question. If a church doesn't practice discipline, should you leave? It's not a a simple or an easy thing for a regular pastor to implement church discipline in a church that probably hasn't done it for over a century. Hmm. I think what matters is trajectory, what is the church moving towards? They may not have fully arrived yet, but are they putting things in place and are they doing things that that is moving the church in the right direction on that issue? And secondly, some guys just get too hung up on the excommunication thing. They forget that there's a whole lot more to discipline than kicking people out. And a church that will go and confront someone, that's church discipline. A church that preaches the gospel regularly and calls people to repentance, that's church discipline. Yeah. A church that has accountability structures in place, that's discipline. And some guys get so hung up on, will you ever kick anyone out? That becomes the litmus test for if a church does discipline or hmm. not. That That's a little bit troublesome to me. Yeah. Thoughts? Well, <clears throat> I, I agree with everything you said. I think um, to some extent it goes back to what we were just talking about with um, should you leave with relational conflict? Uh, I think that... Uh, on some level, church discipline is going to people who are having conflict within the church mm-hmm. and and helping mediate that mm-hmm. to a point where they can be reconciled. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, I think a large number of churches would just kind of avoid that and let them handle it themselves rather than saying, hey, let's come together as the body and help you work through this situation that you're facing together as members of the same church. Mm. I don't. I don't know. I, I. But I. I agree with you. I think that there's a lot of factors that go into it, and it's. It's a fairly gray area. Yeah, and let's just maybe we land on this as you're thinking about should a church member leave over that issue? Maybe. Hmm. It's not an automatic yeah. no, but it's also not an automatic yes. Um, so that's a good one, Corey. Give us another one. Uh, I think when a church is becoming too political, 
Uh, that's definitely on my mm-hmm. list when mm-hmm. they yeah. start uh, telling people how they should vote or how a good Christian should vote or any of those things. When you start bringing that into the church house, I think you're just setting that up for disaster, and I think that's definitely a good reason to to jet. Yeah, and that's going to, I mean, you guys know the part of the country we live in, that's going to attract some people, but it's also going to repel others. Mm. Uh, and I would agree with you. If I, if I was a church member in a church where <clears throat> politics became the driving issue, and there are churches like that in our state, I would be out of there pretty quick. So that's good. So what level is it is appropriate for a church to have opinion on political issues? That's tricky. That's a whole nother podcast. It is a whole nother podcast. <laughs> Should you encourage people to participate in the political process? Absolutely. Should you in your teaching and preaching help people connect the dots between the truth of the gospel, the truth of God's word, and the issues that we face as a society? Absolutely. And if you do that faithfully, some of the some of the dots you connect are going to be dots on the right, and some of the dots you connect are going to be dots in the left, and some of them are going to be right down the middle. And I think the big problem, the the biggest problem that probably what Corey is thinking about is when a church is only connecting dots on one side. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that happens both ways. Churches on the left or churches on the right, pretending that they have a corner on the the answer to politics and, and positions. Let me give you a, a one to think about. You guys give me your thoughts. What about if, if you move kind of far? For example, we live in Odessa, Midlands 15 minutes away. Mm-hmm. What if someone from our church who lives in Odessa moves to Midland, a different community, completely different community? Should they still make the drive over to our church or should they find a church in their own community i say i say no, no i say what? don't stay at our church go to a church go in to midland? a church in, in midland if you're moving i mean it's not that far away but it's it is a different community like you said and if you're changing to a different community then you need to be involved in that community so what would you say I mean, to the people in well, our church who live in midland who drive over here quit coming yeah, get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> He's just um, kidding. <laughs> well, what, let's look at, at my case. I was living in Midland and got hired here, and I moved here from Midland, which yeah. is not that far. You think Be- there's a difference uh, for pastors and members? Corey's nodding yes. Not <laughs> <yet>. <laughs> yes, there is a difference for, for pastors and, and, and members. I know we ha- we've had – I'm not trying to interrupt you, but we have had many um, – members from Emmanuel who've lived even farther than Midland uh, that would drive. And Crane, Andrews, those are communities that are 30, 40, Correct. 50 minutes yeah. away. And and we're faithful members of our church and, and we're here every time the doors were open because they believed in what we were doing. They believed in and uh, they, they really liked the teaching and they had built relationships already with people in our church that they were connected with and they were like, well, we do not want to go find a new Don't people. want to start over. Yeah, we don't want to start over. And the, the <clears throat> flip of that, we have people who have looked for a church in their community, some of the ones we've mentioned. And there are good churches. We know that, and they know that. But maybe they didn't feel like it was the right mix of preaching, teaching, missions, service, community, whatever, 
um, that they were looking for, and they've ended up here, and they've been willing to drive here. Mm-hmm. So this is this is a tricky one. Geography kind of plays a role. Your context plays a role. It it should probably be something you think about and yeah. consider. Agreed. And maybe not an automatic decision, um, but something to something Definitely to wrestle agree, with. Area, I think. Okay, what about this? What if a pastor is called to a church? Okay, you got a regular church, a normal sized church between 100 and 300. They call a new pastor. What if someone who's a part of that church just doesn't like the new guy? Is that a good enough reason to go somewhere else? Or should you just endure it as long as he's there? Or just, what if they don't like the youth guy? That's probably more <laughs> likely that they wouldn't like okay. the youth pastor. <laughs> okay, cool, cool. Yeah. What do you do? Do you, is that a good enough reason? I he's, think so. Just just don't like him. Just yeah. don't get along. He with preaches him? the Bible. I mean, he's orthodox. He makes a hospital visit. He, you know, he he's he works relatively hard. You just personally. You don't click. Personally, I think it's a terrible reason to leave, but I think maybe they should go. Because if you can't get along with the pastor, if you can't follow him, if he's the one that you're supposed to be following, you know, inside the church, he's the one that's supposed to be the leader of the church there. Yes, Jesus, I know, but you know what I'm saying. Right. So I think if you can't get behind him and you cannot support him, you're either you need to do some serious internal. Uh, review of your life and check your heart, or I think you need to go find a pastor that you can. Uh, so you're you're kind of <clears> describing <throat> it like Jesus described uh, Moses allowing divorce. It's not good. You shouldn't do that. But if you're going to do it, do it. Right. You know, and do it right and be fair about it uh, in the context of divorce. And you're saying you shouldn't leave just because. You get rubbed the wrong way. It's but a lame excuse, but... If you're going to be rubbed the wrong way, just get out of here. Better than cause conflict, in my opinion, in the church. What do you think, Hubcap? <laughs> I I somewhat disagree. I I I think if, if you just don't get along with him, if it's not a doctrinal, theological issue, if you just don't get along, then suck it up. Put your big boy pants on and, okay. and find a way to... To, as Corey said, inspect your heart and and understand why you don't get along, and try to seek unity. Because I don't a, a, a person's membership at a church is not about their relationship with the pastor; it's about being a part of the whole congregation. Okay. And if you say I don't get along with one person here, I mean, I, I just see that as a little selfish to say. Well, I'm going to go somewhere else. Okay. Let me take it one step further. What if you are this person? Take the personality conflict issue off the table, and let's just say your church calls a new pastor. You try to be supportive. You try to be encouraging. You try to get on board. But several months in or a year in or a couple years in, at some point you realize, I don't have confidence in this man's ability to lead or the direction that we're leading. Not in the doctrinal. We're not talking about false teaching or heresy or things like that. You just say, this person can't lead. Should you stay and stick it out, or should you jump ship? I think that's a different issue. I think it, rather than just personality differences, if if the leader can't lead, that's an issue. Okay, and I think how that long that's, do you give that? Now I'm kind of getting into the how. I, I said I, we weren't going to do that, but 
How you, long? You've got to give them a solid chance. Yeah, seven months, eight yeah. days, something like that. <laughs> eight days. <laughs> I think you, you've got to give them several months to to either uh, adapt and and figure it out, figure it out, or say, "Look, you're just not getting it. Hmm. You, I just don't think you have the capability." Do you think it would be better for the person? in a church who realizes our leader can't lead, would it be better for them to go somewhere else and find a leading leader, or would it be better for them to try to have the unleading, non-leading leader removed from leadership? <laughs> oh, man. Table it. Say, that, mov- say that again. <laughs> Table it. We're moving on. What if you get – let me give you one more version of this scenario. Get your thoughts. What if your church brings in a new pastor? He's very personable. You like him. He seems to be a good leader. But what your church is used to is expository preaching, and what comes in is very topical, thematic preaching. Is that a good enough reason to say, I am leaving this church and I am going to go somewhere else? Yes? No? Well, I think it, again, it depends on <laughs> on uh, how much expository preaching he's adding into his entertaining let's say he goes from uh, it, you go is from he Stephen Furtick or is say he you, yeah yeah let's say you call let's say John MacArthur kicks the bucket and they call Andy Stanley to replace him who says expository preaching is lame and those guys are lazy and you shouldn't do it oh that's a very extreme example but it's I'm trying to make the point I'm going to say yes. Yep. I, I think if there if there is no expository segment of the sermon, <laughs> where you're it, dealing with the text, you're it, not dealing yes. with the text at all. If it's all object driven and yeah. and metaphor driven, prop and, driven, media driven, yeah. entertainment driven. Okay. Um, Corey, what else you have on your list? What you got about, a couple other things, uh, and, and this is more of a question as well. I, I have an opinion because uh, being a former youth pastor, but I have been, I've had students who have come to my youth ministry, and I have had students leave my youth ministry because of one, they don't have any friends in my group, or so all of their friends go to a different youth group, so that yeah. family may choose to go worship somewhere else because the parents follow the kids. Correct. Okay. Or even um, if a church does not have a mm-hmm. very good youth group or a children's program, or one is, at all. Yeah, or one at all. Is that they a good don't reason to leave for your family? I'll get. I'm interested on the youth. The youth pastas thoughts on this. Here's what I think. If you're at a church and you have children and there is nothing for children or youth, if you are doing what you're supposed to do in your home, mm-hmm. it is not unreasonable to expect the church to come alongside you in some way, shape, or form. And if you're at a church who is not or refuses to do that, I think, yes, as a family, that's a good reason. I think what you presented as the other the other situation is a little bit different where you said – what if all their friends go somewhere else? Yep. Should the family follow them? Hunter's given us a big no-no. What if the other church preaches the Bible, preaches the gospel, gives to missions, loves Jesus, 
biblical worship. It's a good church. Still no? Yes? No? What are you, what are you doing? Nobody oh, can answer see is, your The face. answer is still no. Still no. He's selfish. He wants to keep them. <laughs> you're we, saying... We, we talked about this last night. With, you're saying don't follow the kids, period. Kids are not the leaders of the home. Parents are the leaders of the home. Kids should not decide where the family goes to church. And I, I see that. I, I've seen that a lot in student ministry. And I'm sure you have too, Corey. Absolutely. Uh, where a kid is almost the dictator of the home and where they go and what they do and... I mean, that's massive in culture right now. Families revolve around kids and what the kids are involved in and what the kids want to do. So are we willing then to say to families who bring their kids to our VBS or our kids to our Terrific Tuesday or our kids to our awesome youth group on Wednesday nights? That's right. Are we willing to say to them, go back to your church? It doesn't matter that your kids want to be here at Emmanuel or... Do we say, come on, we'd love to have you join in. We've got a place for you. How do we handle it when we might be benefiting from it? <laughs> There's that selfish part. Why, why you got to make the questions hard? Uh, I think my, my go-to is going to be, and I have told students this before, you need to go back to your church, and you need to be involved in your church. Um because my goal in student ministry is not to have the biggest, baddest student ministry in town. It is to yeah, faithfully to have a bad disciple. student ministry either. <laughs> oh, you. <laughs> Jesus took the wheel right there. Uh, <laughs> my goal in student ministry is to faithfully disciple young people. And I so I'm going to jump in at this point and say maybe this is me playing a double standard or me being uh, too arrogant about Emmanuel, but. When people have done that, when people, and that has happened, you know it's happened. Yeah. People have come to our church and joined our church because of a connection that their their kids or their youth made first. When that has happened, there have been other issues that we're talking about also involved. Yes. Maybe they realized, hey, my kids want to be here, and I'm not hearing biblical preaching at my church, and I can hear it here. Right. And my church isn't doing anything for missions, and I can do it here. And there's some of these; these are usually not issues that exist in isolation. <clears throat> usually, a lot of these things compound together for people. And us sort of pulling out one at a time is a little bit artificial. Um, and and I think that's what a lot of people do when they leave a church is they use an excuse of this. When there's a whole there's lot of other underlining things. things going on. So let's let's talk about one that we've dealt with a lot. What do you say to someone who comes to your church? They show up and they say, I'm coming from such and such Baptist across town. They have great music. They have great preaching. They have great Bible study. They participate in missions. But I do not have access to pastoral care. I don't have access to talk to my pastor. I don't have the opportunity ever to go in and visit with one of the the pastors at my church. Everything else is great, but I don't have any access to those people. Is that a good enough reason to look for a new church home? Yay or nay? I would say absolutely. You say absolutely. That's being a pastor. You have to be accessible to your flock. Absolutely. I mean, if you are not accessible as a pastor, then you're not a pastor. 
So absolutely, if you found yourself in that spot and you realized the preaching's good, the music is quality, the programs are, you know, biblically based, gospel centered, we're doing missions, but the pastor is not available to shepherd his people day to day, you're out of there. You're saying yeah. no pastors <clears throat> are available. Not just the not head necessarily pastor. the senior. Okay. Yes. Okay. Yeah, but just no pastors on staff. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with that. We hear that a lot. Uh, strangely enough, you know, people who like a lot of things about their church, but I wanted to talk to my pastor, or I needed my pastor, or one of my pastors, mm-hmm. and they just there was no access, there was no availability. What else you have on your list, Corey Man? Um, I mean, in as far as pastors, um, I had if you have a, a pastor quit and they hire an unskilled pastor or one that's not really qualified to lead or, uh, like I said, ones that uh, you may not like all that well. I put that on my list. Um, I do think, uh, just one more thing to say on that. From our side as pastors, we would like to say, you need to stay. Mm. Sometimes a church member gets dealt a raw a raw deal or a bad hand, you know? Right. Sometimes you're there to church, you're serving, you're involved, you poured your life into it, and churches make mistakes, and they call guys that do dumb things. And to be locked into a place when things are bad, I just don't see that. And you can proof text a bunch of Bible verses about unity and reconciliation, but those were written in a context where there was pretty much one group per town, one church per town, one body per town, and we live in a different context. It's not like these people are leaving church. They're just leaving your church mm-hmm. to go somewhere else. So the, One of the biggest ones that I had on my list um, that uh, I feel is a, it's a problem both directions um, – is when someone says they want to leave a church because they missed a month and no one missed mm. them. No one contacted them. No one No one reached out. No one reached out. No one out. cares. Uh, and to that, I would say it's, it's a double. One, I want to ask that person, well, were you involved? Were you connected? How with was it that no one would miss you? Correct. And, and when that happens, it's usually there's no connection. There's no connection to a Sunday school class or a small group. Or to serving. Or to serving. So you're not missed. Uh, so I would say to that person, you need to be serving in a church. But on the flip side, I do think it's very, um, why, why, were you, why did you miss a month? And quit getting your feelings hurt that you missed a month when you have the obligation to get up and be there. Uh, so And... The flip side of that, we would also come back and say, a church should reach out to people who are gone. Absolutely. You should do your best, but you're going to miss some. Mm-hmm. You're going people Especially will fall through the cracks, involved. and when they're not involved, they're not serving, they're not in a small group, for sure. But I do think that's a bad reason to leave. Hunter, anything else on your list that you're dying to throw out there? Uh, well, <laughs> the last thing I had on my list was, and, and this somewhat goes back to the church discipline issue but um i think it's it's a good reason to leave if there is more moral failure in the leadership Mm. without any kind of repentance or or uh, maybe even with restoration that happens too quickly 
Yes. Because that's becoming a pretty popular thing. Someone's going to own up to it, and they're going to take a month off after serious moral failure, and then the church is going to welcome welcome them back and restore them. Mm-hmm. I would have concerns about that. Uh, absolutely. Unfortunately, that happens a lot. Yeah. Um, you see it just seems like every week you read another story of prominent pastors. We don't even read the ones about regular pastors because they just don't even rise to the level of headlines. Um, for sure. I don't know. I got a long list of stuff where we could talk for a long time. I just some, some other things I think would be on the radar. If a church relocates, that may give you some reason to think about this issue. Uh, we've talked about false teaching. If there was uh, a music change, mm-hmm. I know that we all want to be on the same page, but I guess I feel for some people when a music change, a drastic music change comes to a church, and I'm thinking stylistically, um, I know some people who one of the key ways they want to serve is by singing in choir. And personally, if that got taken from them, I sort of understand wanting to go somewhere right. else. If you do it in the right way, mm-hmm. if you handle it correctly, I, I, to me there's some legitimacy to that. I think it can be done well. Um, we've talked about uh, service and missions, just sort of all the way through. I think if you're at a church where you can't serve, no one's giving to the mission or going on the mission, I think at some point you got to look up and just say, "I, I got to go somewhere else where right. we're where we're doing something where I can do something." I think if you're in a dying church, sometimes churches just reach a point. We know of of churches in our own town where you just look and you say, "Unless there's a miracle, they're gonna die." Um, and I think somebody in that situation who's given it their all but comes to the realization we're not turning things around, you could call that bailing ship and quitting, but I think it's okay personally. I just If you need to leave because it's a dying effort and you're going to go somewhere else where there's life and there's progress and advance, I, to me that's okay. Well, and, and to add to that, there's a reason that church is dying. Yeah. And it's... That could also be another reason. Correct. If it's dying, there's probably a long list of things that you could add to that. Absolutely. Um, The entertainment culture, Hmm. whether you wake up and your eyes are opened to say, oh, I'm in a church that's entertainment-driven, or whether that is change that comes to your church, I think that's problematic and and worth saying, I need to think about this. I need to possibly go somewhere else. Um, death or marriage. Hashtag leave town. <laughs> yeah, that's really leaving town. Death, right? <laughs> death or marriage. If um, you know, if you lose a spouse, we had a lady visit our church this last week that she said, "I just lost my spouse. We were part of a one church forever, and I just it's hard to go back. And I I think I need a new start somewhere. Hmm. It's kind of hard to just say to that woman, suck it up and go back. Yeah." She's not walking away from the Lord. She's just looking for a new start to serve. Um, and this is kind of vague and nebulous, but just maybe a sense of calling. I think about the first church that I pastored. The first person that left our church was a deacon, and he did it well. He did not, he did not do it poorly. It hurt me as a pastor to see him go, but we went and had lunch, and he just with tears in his eyes, said, I really think I need to take my family to a different church. 
we're not mad at anyone. We're not upset. We're not trying to cause conflict. We we don't dislike the preaching. We're not changing doctrinally. We just feel like we need to go to this other place. And I know a lot of guys would look at that and say, eh, can't trust your feelings, suck it up and stay. But that was pretty hard for me to argue with and to, to bow up against. Um, and like I said, he handled it the right way. Right. And I, I, looking back on that, I don't have any problems with that. He felt God was calling them to be a part of something <clears throat> somewhere else, handled it the right way. And so there you go. We could go on and on and on, lots of things. Maybe down the road we'll do a, an episode on how to leave. How, you, how, how long do you give it? Who do you talk to? What steps do you take? What should you not do? Um, but certainly it's an issue when you have, uh, like we do here in the Bible Belt, you have churches on every corner. People mm-hmm. are going to come and go. And as a pastor, you're going to experience people leaving for a number of reasons. And you're also going to have people coming to your church from other churches. And uh, it's an interesting topic to think through and Absolutely. and try to figure out where you land. So thanks for your input. Thanks for your wisdom. And I uh, only called you one nickname today, so that's a world record. <laughs> hey, I'm moving up in the world. There you go. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Regular Pastor Podcast. Check out our website regularpastor.com, links to social media, resources for regular pastors. You can contact us with questions or suggestions. Until next time, this is The Regular Pastor, out.